very well welcome to the spiritguides.co.uk network radio. It's great to have Chris Bourne Thank back on. Hello, Chris, uh, from the Open Hand, Hello, yeah. Open Hand Foundation. Uh, we have spoken before in the past, back in October 2009. We had a fantastic chat back then, didn't we, Chris, on what, you know, what was happening in the world, the credit crunch, 2012, that kind of stuff. And we're still heading that way, albeit in slow motion. So you've come back on because you've put together <laughs> an amazing documentary and uh, you've, had, you've already had um, a magnificent uh, response on YouTube already. So I'm not sure if I can add to that. I hope so. And, I, and I hope, I'm glad we can bring it to our <laughs> audience as well. I noticed you put it on the homepage on your website. And that was, uh, yeah, thank, thank you. That's fantastic. Yeah. So what we're going to do, obviously, with this interview, it's about pushing that video out. So the video will go onto the show page as well. So if you're listening to this, then the video will be there for you to watch as well. And obviously, we put our interviews up onto onto YouTube as well. So, you know, so enjoy the video and um and spread it. You know, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Put a lot of work into it. It's very professional and I, you know, I imagine it's not cheap to do something like that. So, you know, well done, Chris. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Lots of people gave a lot of time and gave up jobs and uh, livelihoods to make it actually. Mm. So, I'm very I'm very grateful for the people involved, you know, who produced it. Yeah. Okay. Well, just for the benefit of any new listeners, um, can you just kindly give us a brief background about yourself, why you're doing this work, and what's driven you, really, to produce this very slick and thought-provoking documentary? Yeah, sure. I think the first thing I should say is that I never intended to do any of this, that it wasn't something that came out of the mind, it wasn't a plan or a career choice or anything, but that um, really things kicked off for me during a car crash and the events leading up, up to that. And really, during the crash, I thought I was going to die. I was convinced I was going to die. And um, during that, during that uh, experience, uh, there was a huge amount of letting go inside. And, and then I had you know, some pretty profound, multidimensional experiences. But really, that wasn't, um, that wasn't the end of the story by any means, but just the beginning. And then, in the years that followed, I went through two other similar um, quite powerful life-changing events and following the third one which left me in what I what, what I now know as a kind of enlightened state or, or, or it was then um, I was guided to a workshop by a chap called William Meader from California who was introducing or talking about some of the Alice Bailey work and her work with the, the Tibetan Dwal Kul and he was talking about these five, what they called initiations. And as soon as he was talking about them, there was deep kind of resonance inside. And I realized that I'd actually gone through three of the initiations that they spoke of. And it's really that that, that really brought my attention to what I was going through. But, but then I went on to go through the other two gateways, as I was given to call them. And I also experienced... Um, the Tibetan Dwal Kul working with me um, when I become more aware of of that energy, and and then and then it became really clear to me that um, my purpose was to share these five expansions, almost like if you like, it's almost like I've been taken through a sort of textbook experience um, in order to share them. Now everybody's obviously going to have a unique and individual journey, but but what we're observing is that generally our transitions seem to embrace similar things as we as we go through these five key steps. So that's what really inspired me. And I, I really feel driven by this energy. 
I feel like five gateways, this, this route map that I call it, I, I see people all around the world, and I'm connecting with people all around the world now, and, and people are making these transitions, but the, and they're coming from many and very different approaches, and that's absolutely wonderful. Yet, there's a lot of confusion because people don't fully know or appreciate necessarily where they're at. And I think the value of having a, a route map is that it helps people from many very different approaches see where they are in relation to their own spiritual evolution and ascension. So that's really why I've felt yeah, it. Yeah, fantastic. So, I mean, one of the questions that I've, I've wanted to ask you, and I'll, I'll probably ask you this now because it leads on quite nicely, is that obviously um, there's a lot of people that lead very busy lives and distracted by jobs, nine to five, paying the bills, that kind of thing. And, you know, probably wondering how can they get into that state if they're constantly chasing like survival you know like money um a job trying to keep a roof over their heads and stuff like that i mean can we all walk away from things like that or do we is there do we need to do that side by side or would it be a time we won't need to do any of that so i don't know i think that's a great question and i'm asked it all the time you know i do a lot of one-on-one coaching with people i'm asked that question exactly all the time and i'd say the three answers that you gave, <laughs> you know, there's, there's three possibilities. Um, essentially, you know, I see the, the evolutionary journey. It is our karma. It's humanity's karma to change this system in which we're living, to, to unravel this matrix, unwind it for the good of, for the good of all life on the planet. So, I, you know, I witness a lot of people going through these changes. Some leave the matrix shall we call it some leave the matrix for a given period of time to find out who they really are to to unwind who they really are and unfold and then come back in other people are are in families and feel like they they it's right to to remain in the family that it, that it it feels it feels right to them but that they need to make more gradual step changes within the lives that they're leading and that may lead to a change in career it may lead to a change in location uh, and the way you live your life but they might be more gradual and at the end of the day what i see is that lots of light workers infusing light into the matrix not not by necessarily leaving it all together but being present in it and breaking it down by bringing a higher consciousness into it. Yeah. So do you see the this is an ongoing process rather than uh, like an event? You know, like recently we had the, in the Christian faith that they talk about the, rap, the rapture, and obviously it didn't happen. Um, and, and some people, I, I get the feeling some people think ascension is going to be the same thing, although I think that actually it's a process. I mean, how, how do you see that? Oh yeah, I'm totally aligned with you. Uh, there's, there's, if people are waiting for one big event, then they're going to be very disappointed. In, in my, and I, you know, that's something I think um, we need to look at really, really closely. Um, this is, this is about a very, you know, for each one of us, it's a very individual journey of unraveling your particular distortions through day-to-day life, through confronting conditioned behavior patterns. And those behaviors that would would drag you back down into the lower density. And so only you can walk your path. 
and and so you know having having some major event or some guru come along or whatever it is some savior that that's not going to that's not really going to do it for you it's it's about a, a an individual journey yes we co-create event circumstances together but no for me definitely ascension is an ongoing process but but we can also say that some pretty major events are taking place right now um huge shifts of consciousness globally that are going to see some pretty major events taking place so so i think we are going to see collective events happening quite quite major ones but it's still a journey of um you know self-realization realization of the self you know and and our own evolutionary journey yeah so how does it differ does yeah sense? of course it does i mean does it is this like uh, an accelerated enlightenment where it's a similar thing that's always been there for the an ancients you know that people that have obviously chosen to do enlightenment and obviously go and live um solitary if you like but almost like because perhaps time is running out in, in essence and we need to start thinking about enlightenment or becoming our true selves or some people say to almost bring more of who we are into our physical form to become who we should be really exactly yeah i what i see is that you you're absolutely right is that there's a culmination of a huge number of events happening all around this time and that's just you know that's just synchronicity that's just um because there's m the movement i see that an underlying movement in the consciousness of gaia for example that that it feels to me like she is centering within the fifth dimension and that that's happening you know around this time you know as we move into 2012 and all around this time but that's but that's um part of an ongoing evolutionary journey and and also it's bringing into effect some some other pretty major events like the breakdown of the financial system like peak oil like um climate change they're all coming together as at the same time that humanity is being invited to confront its karma you know the karma of control if you like the the way we've the way we've um mistreated the planet so it feels like it's all coming to a kind of you know kind of head around this evolutionary journey of Gaia and humanity is being invited to embrace its destiny which really is ultimately you know to move into this higher vibrational paradigm that that is that is here and now all around us so so it's it's kind of feels like a culmination of events coming together to me yeah yeah i guess depending on who you are spiritually you're going to react in different ways so the spiritual people i guess are more accepting of the changes and want to embrace a more a more, sorry, a more harmonious world but then you've got the people that want to keep hold of the you know be still in the status quo and keep the oil and greed they're obviously going to fight for that aren't they they're not going to let go of that easily that's right yeah yeah totally yeah and you see exactly that polarization happening and and of course the more awake we all become the the greater that polarity happens because you you see it more clearly and and as it feels to me like natural resources are beginning to dwindle away and that that to me is very metaphoric and and also real of this movement of energy into the higher paradigm that, and as that happens then you're going to see those who are still engaged in the old fear-based reality striving and struggling to to cling on to that which is dwindling away. Yeah, indeed. But the question I want to ask you now is 
basically around the internet and how people sort of choose different paths at this time. So, you know, there seems to be two distinct awakening movements on the internet. One path being predominantly spiritual, where the seeker is following the path of ascension, unity, well-being and enlightenment. And the other path is where the seeker wishes to share information that exposes corruption through what many call conspiracy theories. How do you see these differing approaches fit together and are they part of the same process with, with regards to a shift in consciousness? Well, absolutely. A, a fascinating question. Um, and from my personal perspective, I'd say they're two, they're two ends of the same spectrum. So you have a shift in consciousness which is causing some people to deeply explore the the matrix in which we live and to unravel you know the distortions the untruths the control the the conspiracies uh, that people are seeing you know so there's a there's a movement to unravel that but the but the but the acceleration of consciousness is causing others to realize well actually if i really want to change that what i've got to do is change myself i can only really you know we can we can go on you know speak on the internet we can thump the table we can get excited and say this is wrong we shouldn't live like this you know we should live a different way but unless you feel compassion inside of yourself unless you feel your interconnectedness with the whole of life inside of yourself then people are not really inspired to change <coughs> so so really what what i see is needed well what's what will come is that as people follow the evolutionary journey within inside of themselves, they are going to see the injustice within society. They are going to see and feel their own attachments. You, you can't just distance yourself from it because you know, we've manifested, we've created this reality because of our karma. And the only way to truly process the karma is to go into it, to work with it, to relinquish one's attachment to it. And interestingly, as you do that, you actually infuse light into the matrix as you do that because you're exploring all of these events that are taking place, the, the conspiracies, and you're calling it into question. For me, that's why you know, the credit crunch happened because more and more people are saying life is unsustainable. And because they're holding that within their consciousness and working with their own sustainability, it's sending a wave out to everyone that's saying, look, life as it is is unsustainable and more and more people pick up on that so so as you change yourself you change the matrix that's and especially if you're involved within it or you stay connected so personally just to summarize you know the, the question i see them as two ends of the same spectrum and ultimately um the the i see the the, the path for many of us is to unfold our beingness infuse that through our lives around us and thereby break the matrix down so you break the conspiracy not not by fighting it because fighting it will only cause it to persist it's like exposing the lie within it by showing a higher way a more compassionate way a more connected way a, a you know a more sustainable way that serves all sentient life and, we, and when we're living that way we feel joy and harmony inside and more and more people see that and they and they want to emulate that and that's what inspires the movement yeah okay so it's so basically the, we we sort of we're part of a huge energy like a huge fabric of consciousness and a field there isn't it 
and I guess it's quite muddy and murky from you know the negativity that's been happening and it's about say like injecting more light into that and also we we create a reality that mirrors who we are within so we want to create something better that we have to change our mirror is that right well yes absolutely so the to me you know the outer reality we're seeing is muddy and confused because we are unraveling you know gray areas within inside of ourselves and so as we yeah absolutely i agree with you as we unravel our highest truth within as we each do that we change the outer reality and that and that ripples outwards inviting more and more to do the same yeah. yes okay i agree with you yeah so my next question which i think you've, you've probably already answered in that one but I'll, I'll ask it anyway just so that you you can answer it so i've got here many new spiritual beliefs seem to tell us that we shouldn't read newspapers or get involved in the drama of life as this will hold us back with our ascension some people listening to this may wonder how moving our gaze away from the people who seek to destroy the world through greed and control will suddenly become loving and benevolent if we simply ignore them. If we change our mirror, will this eventually change the outer mirror of the greater reality? Yeah, well, it's a great question. I think, um, you know, when I, if I can speak personally uh, about my own journey, when, when I started to wake up and walk the spiritual path, there were certain um, aspects of my life which I needed to let go of, like reading newspapers, like watching the TV, you know, soap operas, that kind of thing, which I felt were full of judgmentalism. And all they were really doing was, was giving energy to the old consciousness within me that I wished to, to move beyond. And, and so as I progressed down the path, I, you know, I, I, found myself naturally seeking a more, more pure life, if you like. But interestingly, then the journey changed for me, and I realized, having made some key changes, and I think it's important that we have this space to unfold and unravel, but having made those changes, then I felt my, you know, I was definitely guided back to society and to engage with society and people around me. And yes, now I will dip into a newspaper. I will watch a film. I don't tend to watch the TV, but I do watch some stuff on YouTube, on the, on the internet. I, w I will engage with those, but, but the important thing is now I'm doing it consciously. So I'm aware that I'm doing it for a reason and a purpose that, that helps me engage, understand what's going on, interact with, when we're invited, and and then ideally to bring some light into. Yeah, sure. So, <clears throat> with with your foundation, you know where you're based. Is are you are you actually like a spiritual community that lives quite simply, you know, off the land and stuff like that? So I, I get the impression looking at you, that's what you you live like. But I'm not quite sure. What, what how is it that you live? <laughs> it looks great. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's really interesting you ask that because. Um, my my heart's yearning has always been to create a community, and a, a group of us came together, and I thought that was going to happen, uh, but initially it parked me. My my journey has parked me right slap bang in the middle of a housing estate in Glastonbury. <laughs> um, I, I have quite a large black garden, which I'm you know I'm very fortunate to have, and and you know. A, few friends have, have come to live with us over the time we you know we have a small there's only four of us now but what's interesting we have created as much as possible uh, a self-sustaining as much as we can a self-sustaining way of living however what came to me very strongly 
is that, um, you know, there are millions, hundreds of millions of people in the developed Western world living in, you know, brick built houses on housing estates. And we can't all run off to, you know, a 16 acre plot and live, live in an eco-friendly house necessarily. You know, it's about how we can make changes to the way we're living now because you know what are we are we going to be able to knock all those houses down mm. and head off to the country yeah i don't think so well it's actually quite refreshing <laughs> so, to hear that because you know many people listening to this that is how they live and uh you know you yeah. almost look at when you, when you look at spiritual communities you have a yearning thinking oh i'd love to be able to go and do that but it just seems you've got to be someone that's been you know you've inherited a piece of land for instance or you're brave enough to live in the wilderness yeah you know? yes Yes, absolutely. And what I'm finding, especially in a place like Glastonbury, I think Glastonbury is a great model, mm. is that people, you know, people are putting cabins in their garden and inviting a friend to come and live with them. And they're growing their own food and they're starting to get off grid and, you know, they're collecting their own water um, and they're using a lot less and, con- you know, consuming less, being more self-sustaining in that sense, you know, work working for themselves as much as they can. But they're still within within the kind of the established setup, if you like, within within normal houses and gardens and everything else. And so I see that as a huge movement um, of within within spiritual circles where you're kind of you kind of in you're, you're kind of in society, but not of it. You're and this is what this is really a fantastic mirror for what I was um, talking about earlier, which is like being in the matrix, but not of it and thereby bringing light into it. So, you know, we can all change and live more sustainably in the place we're in. We can all, you know, we've all got a balcony or a little back garden, maybe you can put a, you know, little grow bags there or use less electricity, um, maybe get recycled clothes, these kinds of things. So we're consuming less and, and therefore becoming more at one with this consciousness and movement of Gaia which you know we have as a as a race been plundering really and and now there's an invitation to come back into line with but that doesn't necessarily mean we'll all head off to the countryside people will do that but not everyone because we don't have the money for a start yeah but interestingly what I'm finding now is open hand is all about a, a virtual community of people doing very similar so we're we're connecting with you know literally thousands of people around the world who who are living in a you know beginning to discover a similar way of living sure yeah and another something just popped into my head just now really is that you're you're based in glastonbury um i've been to avebury as well and it seems that there's certain places that there's an energy there and it just attracts or where spirituality seems to flourish with people and i often wonder is it because of the energies that are there almost like ley lines come into play and people are drawn there you know, do you feel that's the case with yeah 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 definitely there's there's definitely a grid energy where there are certain very strong nodes of energy and glastonbury is certainly one of those i mean you know a lot of people around here um and overseas as well would say that glastonbury is the you know represents the heart chakra of the planet and certainly you know when people come here they they notice if they're if they're sensitive they'll notice a big shift internally and it, and it causes people to activate all kinds of things, you know, to activate karma and, and, and to unfold more. So there are, there are key spots around the planet. Yes. But it, I should also say it's not necessarily a great thing to live in one the whole time. 
because what you find is that you, you know you end up processing the whole time it's like being you know hugely revved up mm. all the time so so often for people we find it's good to to come in to experience that to 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 work with the energy and then perhaps leave uh, you know, and then come back again later. Yeah. So I, I did last year. We did a, a trip west because we're we're based on the east coast, um, Leon Sea actually, which is just not it's not far from the Thames. We did a, we tr- done a trek all the way across the west coast. It's not west coast, west right through Avebury, and then we ended up ultimately in Glastonbury, and then came back. And it was just it was just such a wonderful experience to to visit. Yeah, sounds wonderful. The stone circles and and Avebury, then Glastonbury. You know, and it just, yeah. it's just amazing to see so many people into this in one place. And obviously, people talk, yeah. yeah. So, you know, just a good, good question to ask, really. So, do you, was you always based there or was you drawn there? No, I was definitely drawn here. Uh, I originally, um, you know, I was, I was living in Hampshire when I woke up. And then um, following that, you know, I went to different places like Wales, some a bit in the Midlands, and also down in um, the southeast. But then when I met my partner, Trinity, we were both felt guided here at the same time and it was very much we we were called here and um you know things started to move and open up for us that we might that we might live here um so so really that happened about sort of five years ago but open hand had already been going quite some time before then yeah okay so uh, another question i've got is why is the earth going through the physical changes at the moment you know there's quite a lot of earthquakes climate patterns uh, all over the place and obviously there's, there seems to be this rising potential for food shortages and it's, this is obviously one good reason to have your own garden isn't it absolutely yeah i think um for me it's 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 deeply significant of an underlying shift in guy's consciousness as i spoke of I, I know in my heart it's not a belief it's a knowing in my reality and others too of course that that she's shifting a center of consciousness into a fifth dimensional reality and i think um that's why you're seeing um you know to a degree shortages of fuel energy food but also i think that's caused by you know we got out of balance we we got out of balance with the industrial revolution when population explosion happened as a result of cheap oil uh and as a, and as a result you know we've we're we're stretching the capacity of the planet really. That's that's my my feeling. But it's all it's all come at the same time. So we're being invited through that shift and through dwindling resources to to examine how we have been exploiting the earth really, and and with that process our karma and then ascend through that. Yeah. Okay. So how do you see multi-dimensional beings fitting into this? You know, perhaps extraterrestrials or even ultra. You know, are they here to help us? Are they part? Are they already here trying to wake us up? Well, I think it's a it's a very deep question. It's a big question, and I, I you know I've been I've had copious experience with these kinds of energies. Now I, I prefer to well I I definitely see two camps. So I see malevolent consciousness and I see a benevolent one. Uh, a malevolent one, which is really, um, which has really fueled the the creation of the matrix itself as a means of exploitation, is how I I, I experience it and see it, and and that's been going for quite some, you know, few several thousand years, and then I see a benevolent consciousness, which is working with us to break down that control, and and it feels like that, you know, that whole 
um, interaction is coming to a, uh, well, yes, I think you could say a conclusion. It's coming to that in these, in these years, decades ahead. So I, I see there's two camps. I don't get to, although I, I am aware of all of the different forms within the two camps, I tend not to get too wrapped up in it because I think, particularly with the malevolent side, what I, what I just call opposing consciousness, they work on your fear. And the more attention, the more energy you give to them, it's like attracting moss to car headlamps. Mm. You just draw more to yourself. So, so although I'm aware of that, I, I don't give too much energy to it. I watch it. I experience it. I don't let it close me down. I expand into it. And in terms of working with benevolent side, um, for me, true, true benevolence is where, where the energy empowers you by creating mirroring circumstances that help you realize something deeper about yourself. So, so to me, there's really two different camps, but I, and although I'm aware of the different, you know, the different types through direct experience, I tend not to put too much energy into yeah, it. Yeah, sure. So what, what makes you think that it's coming to a conclusion? Is, have you been sort of given a vision? Is there like a roadmap? I mean, how, what makes you so sure there is? And it's a, it's a very reassuring thing to, to come out with. Yeah, well, firstly, in the car crash, um, I was taken on a pretty profound multidimensional journey through my own life. But in the end, the last, the last at the end of the crash, the, at the end of the journey, um, I saw very clearly what can only be described as the, the ascension of Gaia. I saw the fragmentation of all of the systems and structures that we've been living in. I saw all of that falling apart, and I saw the, the energy body of Gaia ascending into this kind of more vibrant, um, alive state, and I saw humanity moving with that and and since that vision i didn't fully understand it at the time i, I kind of had a knowing of it but i couldn't fully intellectualize it i couldn't put words to it really not until later but what i'm witnessing as an ongoing day in day out story now is the fulfillment of that vision so i'm seeing you know the fragmentation of the matrix if you like if you look at what's going on in america now you know they you know the society there is in a really difficult place you know they really stretched the boundaries of borrowing to the limit and and it's a question of how that society is going to be sustainable in the years ahead you know and you look at you look at europe as well how is europe going to be sustained when there's so much borrowing and there's so much lending going on and and you look at peak oil and you look at the way climate change is, is dwindling food resources we we are definitely in my my feeling in my heart coming to a crunch period which is not about one year but probably to me around about a few decades two or three decades where we're going to see these major ch changes are going to take place and and it's going to leave to me large percentages of the earth's surface you know unlivable really and and that's going to make mean pretty powerful changes in the times ahead and invite every single one of us to look inside and realize what's the deeper meaning here who are we really you know we're not going to be able to just sail along as if nothing is happening regardless the changes that are coming are going to affect and touch every single one of us yeah so i mean basically what can humans do then to prepare spiritually and physically 
Yeah, great. Um, watch Five Gateways. <laughs> <Indeed>. <laughs> there you go. Just click on the uh, play button below this uh, interview. Click on, click on the play button, yeah. <laughs> no, um, yeah, basically, we, it, this, the, the people are going to really come through this transition that's, that's going to take, you know, a few, you know, several decades. The people who come through this are the people who venture on the inner journey now and unfold who they really are, relinquish con- conditioned, distorted behavior patterns, connect with their soul, infuse that into their lives, become fully present, and then they'll discover a new multidimensionality, which they become a full active part of. And as the old world reality crumbles away, they'll find themselves increasingly a part of the new reality. And, and that to me, in a nutshell, encapsulates what I see happening in the years ahead. And so it's really going inwards and peeling away your distortions, watching and unfolding. And, as, and that's the key reason we brought in the root map, or was, you know, I feel this is divinely given in order to, to, you know, to, to act as a catalyst and, and for people to see, well, here's where I'm at. Here are roughly the kinds of influences and experiences I'm, 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 uh, you know, witnessing and going on in my life. And here's roughly the sort of things I need to do to move through those stages. Indeed. So if you could cast your eye, say, two or three decades into the future, how how would you hope to see the world? Or, you know, how do you think it might end up? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Bets are off. Yeah, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, that's a really powerful question because... Um, I, I really don't believe, even though I've talked of this vision and even though I've talked of um, how that is being um, really reinforced by everything that's, um, that's taking place as I, that I see happening in the world now, um, our future is changed by every single choice, thought, emotion, feeling each and every one of us gives energy to right now. So you, you can't accurately 100% say such and such is going to happen on such and such a date and this is going to happen, that's going to happen because it's a shifting dynamic. But what you can say are there are general trends and if those general trends continue, the, it's, the likelihood is that these kinds of things are going to happen. And for me, there are a few key trends. So one key trend is, is climate change. To me, it's really clear there's a very powerful climate change going on right now and that is going to have pretty major effect on all of our lives in terms of growing potential in terms of land we can we can uh live in and live sustainably on you're going to see i i do believe the breakdown in the financial system because it's based on a on a basically a, a lie and oh a whole fabric of lies which are going to come you know unravel and fall apart and and we're seeing dwindling natural resources like oil. So this this is like it's it's like a triple whammy. It's all coming at once. So that, that's going to have pretty profound effects. And but I'm also seeing amongst all of that, there is a powerful movement of this new consciousness. So you're seeing, for example, things like the transition towns movement, where people are gathering again in small communities, in in villages, in towns. It's not about necessarily moving out of the towns, although some will do that, but you're seeing people finding new ways of living within the towns. And I see 
you know, one of the things, again, that I saw in the crash is is more community coming, localized living, supporting one another, um, you know, educating kids locally, um, you know, working locally, growing our food, um, um, making and creating energy locally. All of these things I think I see happening and a trend that is being supported by the universe and will continue over, over the coming decades. Yeah. I mean, that's a great vision to have, and uh, I know I, I hope it continues that way. So, I mean, just basically, just a, a last question, really, because there's a lot of, you know, a lot of new people come onto the website. I get a lot of emails from people that are seeking, and there's an awful lot of information on the internet, and it's it, sometimes it's hard to discern which is the right thing, which is the wrong thing, and perhaps we need to read the right and the wrong to, to know where we need to be. So I just wondered if you had any, any advice for people, you know, about seeking on the internet. Yeah, absolutely, I would. And that is that um, to, to discover your own true feelings within your heart and to trust them. And so when you, when you read something, not, not necessarily just to take it at face value and, and to believe it, but actually say, well, how does that resonate with me now inside? Can I feel that? You know, if someone's saying something, that this is truth or whatever, how does that feel for me? Can, do I resonate with that? Is that my truth? Can I actually feel that now inside of myself? And if you can't, ditch it. <laughs> you know, don't hang on to it. But trust, uh, allow what you see in the outer world. You know, I think it's fantastic that, you know, hundreds of thousands of people all around the world are waking up and sharing their, their point of view. And I think that's meant to happen because it's that that's, that's that's rather than there being two or three gurus, you know, that everybody follows, it's this movement by by thousands, hundreds of thousands of us, which is actually feeding into day-to-day -day life and breaking the matrix down. But so it's it's not about one person holding all the path of the jigsaw. It's about each one of us finding the truth inside of ourselves and learning to do that. So as you engage with somebody, you might engage with a, a teacher or uh, you know, a mirror or a coach or whatever, but but not to take their words literally, but rather to discover your own truth and how that helps your truth unfold and grow. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Chris. Um, you, you've answered those questions magnificently, and uh, you know, and I really hope people can take away some you know some great things from that. And uh, you know, obviously. You can watch the video. This is what I've done. I've watched the video, and then these are the questions that I wanted to ask. So obviously, if you heard okay. this beforehand, then you can watch the video, and then you can learn the five gateways and uh, and understand how you can really walk through those initiations that you're talking about, can't you? And I guess most uh -huh. most people yeah. probably recognise them almost immediately, wouldn't they? That they've already on that path already. And uh, I mean, what, can yeah. you do in different orders? I mean, would someone do say number five first? Well, it's a great question, um, and interestingly. Um, just to answer another thing you raised before, and that is that we're now getting people from all over the world who are connecting us with a sense of gratitude, but not just gratitude, often a sense of relief because they're saying, wow, you, you know, the film has encapsulated exactly the things I'm experiencing. So, so now it kind of makes sense for what's going on in my life. So that's, that's the first thing. But the second thing uh, um, is a great question. You, from my observation, you can only take 
go th- pass through the gateways sequentially. So you must go through, you know, one, two, three, four, five sequentially. However, it's not like the the experiences are just linear. So, for example, um, you could be in gateway one, but you could be experiencing karma whilst in gateway one, which is a gateway four experience. Or you could be having multidimensional experiences, which is a gateway five experience, whilst you're still in gateway one. So, so you, you still, you're still having these multidimensional influences because each gateway is basically passing through different dimensions. You know, five, five dimensions, five gateways. But, so you're having influences from all of the dimensions, but, but you only go through each of the dimensions a sense room, if you like, sequentially. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, it does. No, it does make sense completely. Okay. That's my observation anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much, Chris, um, for that wonderful interview. You're very welcome. Yeah, yeah, it's great to have you back on. Yeah, you're very welcome. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's, really, it's, a, real, it's a real pleasure talking to you. And, and I think the, the, the work that Spirit Guides are doing is, is, is truly magnificent. You know, I've seen the way you've grown as well. And I think that's really wonderful that you're giving a fantastic platform for people, you know, everywhere to connect. It's a, it's a really wonderful movement. So I'm very pleased to, to have been able to come on and, and speak with you. No, it's fantastic. And I, I feel very honoured, really, to, you know, obviously to help people who are seeking and searching. And obviously it goes to show just how many people are now interested in this. So obviously yeah. we're a mirror, I yeah. guess, for them. So Yes. Indeed. Exactly. Okay. The fact that you, as I said, you, the fact that you provided a platform is, is wonderful. Yeah, thank you very much. And so f- thank you for coming on, Chris. And I hope you enjoy the video. And as we said before, if you just scroll down at the bottom of the page, you'll see the YouTube video. And if you want to watch it full screen, you can click on the YouTube video itself and you should be able to go to YouTube and watch it on widescreen, which is what I did. It's fantastic if you watch it that way. Okay. Well, thank you very Brilliant. much, Chris. And I you know, wish you all the best. Ian, very, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye.